This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. That's what it is. It's the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me today. Please tell a friend if you've been a regular so I can get the word out and get more subscriptions. I got to catch up to those big shooters out east. Uh, they're rolling in the numbers. Come on, man. Let's go, Mac Nation. Let's catch Francesa. (laughs) He lives by the ocean, in case you weren't sure. We have a new college basketball national champion, not a first-time champion. UConn wins it Monday night, and I cannot figure out, to save my life, what America wants. I heard, and I didn't want to start Monday's show with such a negative on the college basketball game with Clark Kellogg. He's a positive dude. But it it was appalling over the weekend. I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch appalling. It was off-putting to me over the weekend when I saw so much negativity about the lack of sex appeal for the Final Four. And that was the case, again, going in to the championship game with San Diego State, a first-time Final Four participant, as was FAU, the nine seed. Uh, UConn, the only team that has cut down nets before, and it does it again. It's not even close. The eight-and-a-half didn't help me at all. Uh, Even though it was close down the stretch, you know, UConn was just such a better team. But I just don't know what we want. We... Maybe it's best for the game if there is one dominant year after year, the perennial power, the Kansas, the Kentuckys, um, you know, somebody who college football is a little bit more identifiable in recent years. You have Alabama, which is always participating. It seems to be Clemson in recent years, and now Georgia has reemerged as one of the national powers from the Big Ten. It's almost always Ohio State. This year it wasn't. Um, But it's we we want that, yet we don't. Oh, it's the same same schools every year. Pick a lane. If you're going to say, I'm tired of seeing all of the same outfits in the Final Four, then, then stick to it. And when you get... A situation like you've had with George Mason, I don't know, 15 years-ish ago, 20 years, or or in more more recent years, Butler gets to the championship game. You have to pick one or the other. You can't have it both ways. That's all I want to say about college basketball. It was a great three-weeks tournament for me. It's always the best kind of season 
for a basketball season. Three weeks, ample time for me. College football players are making their visits. The Bears have been very, very busy this week. What are they going to do with that nine pick? The Texas uh, Tech pass rusher, the edge rusher, was in yesterday. More trips are scheduled. Bryce Young of Alabama is meeting with the Raiders this week. I think that's today. Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, who was involved in that reckless um, crash that killed a couple of people, including an Al- a Georgia staffer, um, and then has a bad workout afterward. He may slip out of the top 10. That's what some of the early buzz is. How much does the uh, hiccup, hiccup, two people died, but he's exonerated in that. Nothing's going to happen as a result of that. We told you that at the time, at least I did. Many people probably said the same thing. It's, it's, if, if the bears want to go Jalen Carter, I have no problem with a crappy 40 time. He's a defensive freaking tackle. If he's a wide receiver, measure yards 11 through 30, measure that separation speed, 40 speed, means very, very little. Uh, yes, there, is, there are times when you can run away from guys, sure. But that extra gear, that's, that 10 to 30-yard range is what NFL scouts are looking for. And uh, there is a chance. Are you ready for this, Bears fans? You want Cam Newton to back up Justin Fields? Newton is telling anybody who will listen, and I have to agree with him, Ain't no way there's 32 quarterbacks better than I am right now. Now, when we last saw him, he was not good. He he hasn't he hadn't been good his last few years. And then late there was a bit of a burst, a bit of a renaissance with his play, but it was very short term. I I have to think you can do worse than Cam Newton just because I watch the league every year and see these, oh, my goodness, look at that guy. And uh, and this is not just backups. This is not the former Geno Smiths of the world. These are high picks. This is a punch me face with the Jets this past year. A lot of guys who just don't garner any respect whatsoever. So Newton while he cannot run and hasn't been able to run really since the Panthers made a Super Bowl appearance when they lost to the Broncos in Northern California in uh, February of 16. That's been how long it was. That was when he was the MVP and was scoring touchdowns both as a runner and as a passer. Cam Newton likely is going to find work. I would think he will at least get a training camp invite Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe NFL, maybe there's 32 guys ready to be done. And the, all it takes is one, though. It takes one taker. You get an injury in training camp, and who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And uh, there is uh, there's some calm in Seattle defensively this week. This, this is interesting to me. Bobby Wagner is returning to the Seahawks. Richard Sherman, of course, you want a negative thought about the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, or the way defensive players were handled contractually. Richard Sherman's your guy. He was chirping about John Schneider this week, the GM of the Seahawks, how he manages to screw things up. What he manages to screw up is he can't pay every DB in the organization top-end money. That's what he screws up. 
Richard Sherman had a very high opinion of himself, as he should have. He was a terrific player. And uh, there were others, uh, Cam Chancellor on that uh, Legion of Boom. But you can't pay all of them. I think Bobby Wagner is a really good player. I never have had the impression watching him. He's a Hall of Fame player, but he's going to Pro Football's Hall of Fame, and it wouldn't surprise me if it were an early entry, first, second, no later than third ballot. He has the numbers in recent years. His takeaways, the meaningful stats are better than I'd thought. He's still more than anything a tackles machine. And those guys, historically, some of them are regarded as the best, but in more recent years, and I'm thinking going back to the 90s when Chris Spielman was a great player for the Lions and he concluded his career as the Lions' all-time leading tackler, Scott Studwell of the Vikings. those That's a different era when tackles seem to matter more than anything. And in the last, in this century, it's it's forced fumbles, it's fumbles recovered, it's quarterback hits, quarterback pressures, quarterback sacks. There are a lot of metrics now that go into what makes a great linebacker, and it's more complex than it used to be. And there's way more value assigned to splash plays, takeaways, and Bobby Wagner's been above average in those areas, so he'll get to the Hall of Fame. But he's back in Seattle. Good for the Seahawks. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why I'm down on the Seahawks here on the 6th of April. Uh, Maybe because they were such a surprise last year. And I love the story of their quarterback. Uh, If you heard the podcast during football season, you probably don't need to hear it again today. So I will spare you that. So Cam Newton, possibly your backup to Justin Fields uh, this year as the Bears continue as we tickety-tockety, clickety-clockety our way toward the draft. Get us to the draft. April 27th, the fun begins. It'll be televised globally on 27 networks in every, every language you can possibly want. Hey, White Sox fans, I didn't, I, I had faith in you. I knew it wouldn't be long. It didn't even take until the seventh game of the year before there was an about face in social media from the chirpy Bridge, Bridgeportians, Sox fans in Comiskeyville, unhappy over the annual, here he goes again, back to the tub. Uh, Eloy Jimenez is down for two to three weeks with a lower left hamstring strain. They call it a low left ham, a low grade. I sorry, it's I don't know if it's lower or higher. Did you know that it's better to be pulled lower than it is higher? And the reason for it is the hamstring tendon thickens as it goes up closer to the buttocks area. And it's a much more complicated healing process. Much better to pull the hamstring low just above the back of the knee. Uh, You know, you don't have a choice in the matter, but your recovery is much quicker. And I don't know if it's lower or upper. I know it's not the one Jimenez had surgically repaired last year in August. This guy cannot be counted on. He has played in fewer than 43% of the White Sox games over the last two years. They abandoned the idea 
of Eloy Jimenez ever contributing as a left fielder for fear of walls or lack of fear of walls and running into them and stumbling into Luis Robert and more athletic players. But I think the White Sox are, man, it's it looked like such a steal early on. You recall the bomb on that cold weeknight at Wrigley. Mm, God, that seems like a long time. It was a long time ago in baseball terms, but uh, that's, that's what, four short years ago. Sox over the Giants in the cold yesterday. The Sox pounded out 13 hits. They beat San Francisco 7-3 to to even their record at 3-3. Three and three. Getaway day today. There's a, a lot of you will not be getting this uh, podcast until after uh, they've wrapped up the series as the Sox, uh, Sox move along after this one this afternoon. Lance Lynn making his second start of the year. He went five and two-thirds in his first outing. Uh, not a bad outing. Alex Wood closes the series, closes the series for San Francisco. And I did not mention the Sox to make a, to fill the roster spot vacated by the oft-injured Eloy Jimenez. Jake Berger has been recalled, in case you didn't hear. Here is a number one pick who finds his way to the uh, to the trainer's room so often, too. And it was an Achilles that got this uh, this high-round draft pick, uh, first-round draft pick, in trouble the first time. And then he re-injured it, I think, walking in his backyard. You know, if he was dodging landmines or, or, or what. But uh, Jake Berger is back up with the big clubs so they can continue their commitment to having a bench full of designated hitters. Um, the Sox got a lot of offense yesterday. Robert had three hits. Uh, Yoan Moncada continues to rip it up. He's 10th in, in baseball in on-base percentage at 462. That's just an OPS, one, 130, 1.32 OPS. It's going to come down a little bit. Dylan Cease with another nice outing yesterday in the, uh, in the crappy weather. He struck out 10 in the opener. He strikes out eight more yesterday. Those are good things. Strikeouts are exciting when they amass big totals for the starters. What's not exciting is a 14-strikeout game collaborated on by four or five pitchers. I'm not complaining uh, too much, however, because games have been much shorter this year because of the pitch clock. 30 minutes in the first week of the season. That's a good thing for baseball to be tightening up. And uh, you got to be encouraged by the Sox. Uh, Gavin Sheets, uh, again, on Wednesday, two hits, three runs batted in. This and I do believe in runs batted in runs runs mean something in this game of baseball. I knew and it never changed for me over the course of a season. You get enough chances to drive in right. You bat five hundred freaking times, you're going to have fair chances to drive in runs. So those those numbers at the end of the year do mean something still. Sabermetricians uh, in the American League right now, you have to look. Uh, and it's 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 stupid early to be looking at these things, but I think there are a couple of indicators for what's a harbinger. The Tampa Rays are unbeaten, and they're a plus 31. The Rays, who take on Oakland tomorrow for a weekend series in Arlington, uh, are 6-0 with a plus 31 run differential. Just absurd. 
And in the National League, it's the Dodgers at plus 25. Followed by the Brewers, by the way. They're they're out of the gate real strong, too, at plus 22. But in just six games, Tampa sits at plus 31, and the Dodgers are at plus one or at plus 25. That's that's not a surprise. Those are teams that do it the right way. And uh I expect them to be there throughout the course of the year. This just in. Dodgers are going to be good this year. The Cubs have been getting terrific play. Washed out yesterday, two and three. Tomorrow starts a series against the uh, against the Rangers. They're back home after that short set in uh, Cincinnati. Ian Happ, absolutely ripping it up. He's the number one OPB OBP guy in Major League Baseball with a six oh nine on base percentage. And Dansby Swanson. The 29-year-old shortstop right behind him. He's third uh, with a 583 OBP. That is sick good, but I'm not ready to hear any chirping yet from Swanson, who's who did it opening day. Well, we talked about run prevention and being alert on the bases and playing sharp defense, and the Navy was right. They did that on opening day, and they've done it a few times since. But... You know, Smiley was on the ropes the other day and couldn't get out of the fifth without giving up a big bomb. And uh, ultimately, their staff is not good. It's Marcus Stroman and a lot of other guys. You know, Kyle Hendricks. Eh, okay. Um, but nonetheless, great start for Hap. Great start for Swanson. And uh, it looks like that's going to wind up being a real good move. I talked to some friends who have been to Wrigleyville already this year. And I'm starting to hear this more than I did when they still had a roster full of 2016 World Series champion Cubs. People now are starting to find things to be to be upset with regarding the mushroomed neighborhood as a result of the Ricketts family and Theo Epstein's administrative uh, touch. The hotel across the street, Gallagher Way, the gift shops, the brick oven, brick house, a restaurant that's down by left field where media parking used to be, where the small little players lot remains, I think. It's just crazy to look at how they have economically ensured, and even though they didn't spend it on talent in these last few years, how the neighborhood has changed again. And I get it. If you haven't been there in a decade, you look around and say, whoa, what's with this gigantic jumbotron that impairs my, you know, I can't see Waveland Avenue now. I got all of this stuff and better food and better concessions and more conveniences in and around the ballpark. This is the price of success, man. Sponsorship, sponsorship rules. And if you want them to spend the money, it doesn't guarantee it, but the neighborhood is financially solvent for many years to come. So whether you liked it or not, it's easier, I guess, to not like it when there are such low expectations on the field as there have been with this team the last couple years. And it's it's weird when you see so many of those star players still doing good things in baseball around the major leagues, and it's Javi Baez and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. 
and other Cubs, Kyle Schwarber, who have gone on and had more success. But at what point did you did you think they were going to reestablish that 2016 form? They they fell off the map quickly. They needed an extra game in 18. And they were after Milwaukee got him in 163, they were a quick out. I think Colorado was the team that put him on their backs and they went quietly into the good night in uh in those late September's early October's. You could have made it you could make an argument they should have made changes more quickly. They should have they should have found a way to to get Joe Madden's ass out of there because that was not a positive for the Cubs. They were they were undisciplined and he let them get away with it for too long. They didn't have that guy in the clubhouse to rip ass like you need. And it certainly wasn't going to come from the manager and there was way too much individual work done and Epstein talked about that on the show I did with Danny Parkins on the score. There wasn't enough conversation around the batting cage looking at the video. There wasn't as much pulling at the same end of the rope and that kind of got away from Madden be that as it may, you can't, uh, you can't take all that goes with uh, a world series and having the financial backbone to upgrade your international facilities and the training facilities they built 10 years or 12 years ago in Mesa, just uh, that costs a lot of money. It's, it's incredible what they've put into it. So Get used to it. It's not going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger. Hey, Super Mario Brothers movie is coming out this weekend, and I know I have a date with the uh, Showplace 16 right down the street and around the corner from my house because my 29-year-old son, Patrick, who is severely autistic, still loves animated movies. We love going to musicals and movies, and we're excited about this one. He's had this date marked on his calendar for quite some time as his buddy Andrew Dizak uh, has had. And I'd be shocked if Andrew doesn't wind up at the theater tonight to see it for the first time and then go again over the weekend. He wouldn't be the first autistic young man to watch a movie. Uh, He knows the outcome too several times. But I'm excited about Super Mario Brothers because it gets the guys excited. And this is Autism Awareness Month. April is Autism Awareness. Real quickly, what autism is, it's a neurological disorder. And symptoms often are common, but uh, obsessive compulsive behaviors are are regular with with the very common trait, uh, rocking, stimulating. Whether it's rocking incessantly, uh, which is to an autistic child like breathing, it's it's just a, a physiological response to. Not being able to communicate in many cases, you have the, the they know the words. My son knows the words, but the fight just firing those muscles through the neurology, the brain's ability to send signals through the central nervous system to muscles is very difficult. I liken it to me trying to play guitar. I can remember six or seven notes and then struggle to go any further and farther. Uh, and then I'm, I'm challenged to take it past that. And I, that's also very choppy. It's C D E C and it's, it's, it's not seamless. And that's how Patrick's speech is, but he's, 
he is anything but intellectually impaired. He doesn't have the community to, to communicate, you know, doesn't have the ability to communicate is, is simply what it is. Now, Andrew, his buddy, on the other hand, is extremely verbal and will talk your ear off and loves the movies. And we have a blast every time we get together. Frickin' frack. So Super Mario Brothers. Who's the greatest Mario in sports history? Is it Mario Andretti? Uh Mario Lemieux didn't make it into any songs. Mario Andretti made it into a Charlie Daniels band song. Um, I can't remember. Mario Andretti must have sure been proud. That's the song about the little uh, redneck bar in Jackson, Mississippi. Uneasy Rider is the name of that song. Uh, Mario Andretti would have sure been proud. That's what he said. Now, I got to go with Mario Lemieux, even though I hated him when uh, he skated the cup around Stadium Ice. In 1992, after the Blackhawks blitzed the uh, Oilers in the Campbell Conference Final, took care of them in straight sets, as they had done with Detroit to get there, or maybe they lost the first game and then won four in a row. I think they had eight wins consecutively going into that final against the Penguins. And it was one year after getting dumped by Minnesota, the North Stars, in round one. So you figure, okay, we had our heartbreak the previous year. They won the President's Trophy with 106 points, when 106 meant something. And then the next year, they get to go at it with Mario Lemieux, Yaramir Yager, uh, Larry Murphy, big, tough defenseman. And the Penguins just stoned them. The Hawks took a 3 to nothing lead in the first period at Pittsburgh, and then the Penguins put their foot on the gas, and Mario Lemieux um, won the cup for the second straight year. So he is the all-time great Super Mario in pro sports. Hope you have a good time. If you go to the movie this weekend, enjoy your sports weekend. I will be back Monday. More of the Danny Mac podcast, which is produced by Sam Michael, Adam Delavitt, the vacationing deli out in Arizona, enjoying time with his family. Lizzie and the kids at spring training, the life of leisure when you're Adam Delavitt. Thanks for listening. I'll be back Monday. Have a great weekend. I'm Dan McNeil. And for now, I'm taillights. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.